You're listening to Four Horsemen Revelations in Graphic Design. One, two, three. Art! Basil's a pretty name. It's like almost as pretty as cilantro. There are some like other weird names too. We were looking at names. I think cheddar would be a really cute name for a mouse. Oh, I that mean, is that's a cute like, name for a mouse. So obvious though, Jessica. So maybe you can You're name supposed a dog. to be a creative and all you can come up with the name wow. for the mouse is cheddar. So you can name your dog like turkey. Because dogs like to eat turkey. What? Dogs <laughs> like to, you could name your dog garbage because dogs like to eat garbage. That's true. <laughs> That would be fun. Uh, I always wanted to I would name, name my dog garbage. I always wanted to name a dog fish. I think fish yeah. is a solid name. Like my it's dog goofy, fish? but it's like fish. That's yeah. a good name too. But spell it Chicken. like the band. Oh. oh. Spell it with a PH like the band. <laughs> this is my dog fish. I would hate the dog then. It's funny because dogs like <laughs> smell like fish a lot of the time. Ooh, so I feel like is, that'd be a really accurate name. Yeah, what is, what? I always had dogs growing up that loved to roll in dead fish. Where wow. were you that we you had a pond, so they would go in there and pull out dead fish and roll on them. This is very specific <laughs> to your situation, though. So I, I just think fish is a really accurate name for a dog. Oh I'm still sticking with garbage, and that way yeah. I'd be like, "Oh my god, is that your dog?" And you'd be like, "That's garbage." Yeah. Or like Frito. <laughs> I feel like dog smells like Frito. Sometimes. We were actually, they do. and that's scientifically like proven. Their paws. There's like a little video where they were blind smell testing people. And they'd smell Fritos, and then they'd smell dog paws, and they would said that the dog paws smelled more like Fritos than That's Fritos so did. That's so gross. They it's like, like the a, bacteria growing. They have growing. like a yeasty bacteria. Oh, I was talking to a coworker bacteria. just the other day about the same topic of, of pet names, and he suggested naming a cat Smelly Twat. Because he just thinks it'd be funny at the vet to be like, smelly twat, the doctor will see you next. <laughs> like, and you, if you think about it, when you go to the vet office, like, like I know Ban, the Banfield at PetSmart near me does this. They'll have a board up there that says, like, the names of the pets who are getting mm-hmm. groomed or about to be seen. And, like, three out of ten of those guys are all freaking named Oreo. <laughs> but it's just, you know, smelly twat. Like I just and there's you know, a any any name that makes people feel uncomfortable. I think yeah, be funny. that's a solid yeah. And then some vets will put the name very nicely in the room of the animal that's coming in next. So you walk in <laughs> and it nicely says "smelly twat," <laughs> and you feel like that's so personal. Thank you. Written mm. a script. Mm, very that's classy. So nice. <laughs> yeah, you're talking with the four horsemen today. <laughs> and speaking of smelly twats, speaking of <laughs> smelly twats, speak for we got a. We got a whole bunch of smelly twat to talk about today. Oh my god! <laughs> Can we edit this part out, please? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part. Um, yeah, you're speaking with the four horsemen and no one else in a little episode we call horseplay. <laughs> no one else. No one else. There's nobody else here. It's a dark room. There's no windows, no doors, there and you're no inside with horse four masks. horses. So and we're all wearing horse masks, as you might have seen in the video that we posted recently of all of us. So we just got through a and masks. secret Santa exchange and probably the most um, awkward Facebook Live videos that the world has ever seen. 
Um, but I think it went great. Well, what's really awkward about it is we're in my office space and there's security cameras everywhere. So I'm sure the security men are just watching me running up and down the halls wearing my horse mask. Is there, is there somebody like legitimately watching yeah, the live probably. feed of this? Like, and you were like, they like said galloping. that there's 24 hour security. Does it mean so. that there's a 24 hour security person though? Yeah, so let's hope they don't watch these recordings. Oh, actually, <laughs> hopefully they watch it. would be really funny. Be like, I wonder what happened this weekend. Let's fast forward through the tape. And they'd be like, what the hell? What kind of nonsense? But they won't know it's you. But you were like True. doing a horse gallop. I was literally galloping down the hallway wearing a horse mask. <laughs> I like how you did it when no one was watching you. You but did at least not they have won't to know it. It was for you. yourself. That was for you. <laughs> it was for me. <laughs> All right. The horsemen are here to talk to you today about our own personal lives. So instead of turning the tables on a guest and getting their secrets, now we're diving deep into the horsemen. New changes, new lifestyles, basically all things new and jobs in general. So some things we wanted to talk about today are how to know when it's time for a change, how to adapt to a new job or role, and also how to grow in the role that you might be in. Um, so first things first, I know a lot of us here have recently gone through some big changes in our jobs. So how did you guys know that it was time to make that leap? Like Christine, especially, I know you recently went from um, being art director for Orlando Magazine to Tupperware. Can you tell us like a little bit about what that was like? How did you know it was time for that change? I'm going to turn this question right back around to you, Jessica, because you're sure. the one who most recently made a change. My change was a year ago. You made the big leap. Was you, it really over a year or yeah, already? Man, year. time flies. I know. Jessica's made a very scary leap where she's now working remote and leaving a <laughs> an office-like environment to now go out on your own and work remote for a company in New York. You tell us what that's like. Yeah, so it's been very, very different. Um, I'm referencing an article right now from Forbes just about five ways to tell if you need a career change. And when I was reading through these, they really kind of resonated with me because a lot of these were things that I was going through. What are some of the things? Um, so one of those things was just feeling a little bit exhausted and depleted. Like sometimes, you know, you just, you wake up in the morning and you have no desire to go to work, right? Like you'll feel like mentally tired and you're not really feeling like challenged. You're not excited to go to work. Well, and right exactly i mean we spend so much of our time at work my time spent what like 80 20 at work so if you're just having a terrible time that's your that's the majority of your life now yeah, is like being miserable out, you can't get out of bed What's the point? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because, you know, we're spending more hours working <laughs> than nearly anything else. And I feel right? like there's a difference between like being tired and even like uh, mentally drained. But there has to be that lack of like the silver lining and the the fulfillment and the enjoyment because I get tired, emotionally drained. Like, you know, you get beaten down after a while but there's always that little silver lining that brings you back of like, but at the same time, 
I, I either like what I'm doing or I realize that this is just a rough patch as a stepping stone to get to something I really believe in and something I really want to do. So that's, you kind of have to weigh those, you kind of have to weigh pros and cons of like, yeah. are there enough pros to deal with the cons of being like tired and beat down and, and taking all of your, your energy? Is there enough pros to balance that out? Right. Something else that's interesting is just like, really kind of analyzing your job and seeing what are those things that give you that energy? Like Mm -hmm. what excites you? And then what are the things that start to kind of take away that energy? What are the things that bring you down and try to find a job that gives you that energy? And, you know, for me, it was kind of having challenges, Mm -hmm. having places that I can like have more of a creative outlet and, with my previous job, I feel like my my talents and abilities weren't really being used to their fullest extent. It was a very laid back, easy job. I had no challenges. And with this new job, I am learning and growing and I am being challenged. And that's exactly what I wanted. That sort of thing does energize me and keeps me happy with my mm-hmm. job. Um, so even though it was a huge leap that I'm still adapting to, yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't feel any remorse. I definitely feel like I made the right decision. Well, and I don't think you can make any assumptions about what is the job going to be like. I mean, obviously, when you go to the interview, ask whatever questions you can about, you know, what's the day to day like and, you know, why do you love working here? You know, all those things where you can kind of try to dig in deep to the company culture, but you still won't know until you're actually in it. Um, When I was first approached about the job at Tupperware, I was kind of like, Tupperware, really? That's a thing. Um, (laughs) It's still a thing. And like, I wasn't really sure. I was like, well, what does that, what's that job going to entail? Is that really, you know, do I want to just like photo art direct photography for containers for the rest of my life? Um, How many ways is there to take a picture of a container? (laughs) There is, there are a lot of ways, you know? And so, you know, my, my initial reaction was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if that sounds like something I want to do. And at the time I wasn't looking to leave my job because I loved where I was. Um, And then Things changed down the road, like several months later, the job was offered to me yet again. And the climate at that time was very different um, at my current job. And so I decided to find out a little bit more and kind of really dive into like, well, what what is what are they doing? What are they making? And it was like way more than like I ever really thought it would be. So the bottom line is like, yes, you need to find something that you think you're going to love, but don't just like disregard something because you don't know about it. Like Mm -hmm. you, you have to kind of take that leap sometimes and test something out. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not the, you know, end of the world. You know, we've all probably been in jobs where we were like, Oh, this probably wasn't a good idea, but you don't know until you try, you might find out that you actually really love doing something that you never thought about right. doing in the first great place. Risk, so great don't, reward. Yeah. So don't just think like you're going to get out of school and you're going to find this like amazing, you know, life fulfilling job like right out the bat. That's not a thing, guys. That doesn't. Yeah. That's, that's not how it works. That's not how There's it works. usually stepping stone jobs. And I feel like that's an important message is like, don't be afraid to take a risk. And yeah. it could be a crummy job. You can get out of it. Like none of this is signing your life away. Um, it's all experience. Yeah. It all it all culminates and adds up to 
making you into a better designer, better creative, you know. So if that means you have to just work as a desktop publisher at Staples or whatever for like a year or two or, you know, go do like signage or just be like an in-house graphic designer for like a little company, you know, like like do whatever you got to do to like to learn and to try and find out your path like so many students they get they graduate and they're like all right you know i'm not going to take a job unless it sounds awesome and then they get out there and it's like there's I'm nothing going to work there. for disney right after i graduate yeah <laughs> it's just the entry you know, level isn't full of amazing jobs no no it's not and what it it's kind of work your way into the world take random jobs and learn from each one of them and experience teaches you so much more than school ever could i feel like three years in at my job i am completely different than what i was coming out of school yeah taylor you're actually a great example of this like you took a big risk so right after graduation taylor left orlando and moved to miami for this entry-level job with the marlins and then it was a huge risk Big move, but she just started to continuously grow in that role. So now she's actually creative manager for the Marlins. So it just goes to show by, you know, taking that risk, making those big moves can eventually turn into your dream job. And a lot of crazy stuff has happened in those three years. Like the fact that it's only three years sounds insane because like I got there. It was a completely different team that was working there that there is now. So I worked with one team and I was kind of doing you know, okay work. And then uh, that team left and I was actually the only designer for the entire um, company. And that'll teach you a whole lot real quick because you are the only one, there's no one else there to like help you or help you make decisions. Um, And you still have, you know, crazy workload because it's, you know, an entire organization. And then um, I got a new creative director and we got some new designers and, and there was another manager above me for a little while. And you just learn from each one of them to help shape. I mean, I feel like you can learn from anyone you work with and it just helps shape you as a designer or as a creative. Um, and I just stuck through it all to get to a point because my end goal was to have an influence there, to influence a sports team and a fan base. Um, so my thought was just stick through everything, stick through all the rough patches. Um, because for me, that was the silver lining of, you know, where we are now, we're in a big transition period. Um, and a lot of the say of how this, um, sports team is going to look kind of falls on me because I'm actually the, the highest ranking person in the department right now. So, um, you just get there through a lot of nonsense along the way, but you, you find that silver lining and you just put your head down and get through it. And like I was saying, like it's exhausting and it's long hours and it's crazy amount of work that drives you insane. But you find the pros and just hope that it works out. Okay. (laughs) So what do you think are some of the ways that you were able to grow in that role so quickly? Like what were some of the things that you did that kind of set you apart from the other designers there? Just because I had to. I mean, I feel like being pushed, like having to do something because there's no other option makes you grow so much faster than if there is an outlet. Like if someone else could have been in charge, I would have been like, cool, great. I can just like chill and make the stuff I like and and do the job and then get out. But 
there was no one else. So I had to, and that forces you to step up. Um, but then I realized, Hey, I like having a say, like, I want to keep this going. Like I, and then you kind of start to put yourself in that position. Cause you realize, Oh, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. Like if, and what's key to me is relying on my team and completely trusting them. So surrounding yourself with people that you trust and that you can rely on. I don't feel like I'm alone, uh, like an island trying to to make all these decisions. You know, if it's a photography decision, I rely on my photographers. If it's a video decision, I rely on them. For graphics, I, you know, I team up with um, my other designer to, you know, make these decisions together. So you feel like having those people that you trust and letting them influence the areas you don't understand is is the way to get the better result. I think you bring up a great point there with how just important forging relationships is in general, because you can't, you can't grow in your role. People aren't going to listen to you if you don't have a good relationship with them. If they don't trust you. Like foraging for no foraging (laughs) for mushrooms or something. Yeah. You have to forage for them. You do have to to kind of forage. They're buried. You have to go foraging for, and I feel like (laughs) sometimes you don't have complete control over the people around you, right? Like sometimes we come into jobs and these people have already been there or they get hired and, and you have no control. Um, but I think what's important is realizing the people around you that are working really well with you and and strengthening those bonds and I realizing when you have something really special. Like we feel um, the, the department at the Marlins, we feel we we recognize how lucky we are to have each other because of the way we like work together that like we don't take that for granted. So I feel like once you find a good counterbalance to you and, and people you work really well with, like don't take that for granted, lean on those relationships and like push each other to grow. And it's not going to be everyone you work with, but I'm sure we all have a few people, you know, maybe not even in your company, but in your, in your freelance, in your side projects, we all have those people that when you team up with them, you're like, wow, this is really working. Like we're really bouncing off of each other really nicely. Yeah. And I think something that, becomes like you said like very special is when you you realize that it's not it's not a competition mm-hmm. to a certain point it's about like finding those people that complement your set of skills and understanding that you know it's not an um it's not about me it's about what we can do together exactly and kind of finding and i think that's something like going back to um we were talking earlier that getting these kind of like random jobs and acquiring uh, these different sets of skill um, lets you maybe you're not going to be doing animation for the rest of your life, but you did a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And those set of skills later on, it's going to make it easy to talk about it with an animator and telling them kind of like speak their language. Yeah, exactly. So I think all that kind of um, experience just kind of starts creating this like bigger understanding bigger vision of everything that you're you're able to talk about it you're able to explain it um yeah it's even if to, you're not gonna do it yeah it's good to have like a little a little bit of everything but you're it's impossible to specialize in everything but but working with these people and and getting to know everyone's world and everyone's role it helps you build these bigger projects because you understand what they need and how you can help and how the two things can come together like, just like what you're saying, like, you know, 
I don't know, I can't freaking 3D animate and all that stuff, but the little tips I've picked up allows me to talk to our 3D guys a little better, and I kind of know video, so I can I can talk to our video guys, and we can build these amazing projects together. So I think it's important for creatives to just know the scope of the world, and like the creative world, and to know the scope of these projects, because that helps you see the bigger picture instead of kind of tunnel vision, like, well, this is my part, yeah. and I hand it off, and then they do it, and I don't know how it works. You know, it, it it helps to to learn and to study these things. And Jessica can probably speak to that since you work um, with video games. Uh, you help do like uh, video game stuff and you work on the graphic side. But it, I'm sure it helps to know coding or and all the other little like aspects of it. Yeah, totally. Even a lot of just freelance projects I've gotten have been because I've been involved with the indie game community mm-hmm. as well. So just being able to network with those individuals and know what they're talking about is very helpful. Otherwise, you're just kind of having a very one-sided conversation, you know, not being able to follow along. Yeah. Um, so I, I've loved being a part of that. And we're just so fortunate to be able to have like so many professional classes right in front of us, right in our computers, mm-hmm. right? We can Google and learn anything we want. Like even if we just take like our lunch breaks mm-hmm. every day or 30 minutes, a day, right? And set those apart and just go on lynda.com or another tutorial site. What did I say? <laughs> or another tutorial site. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call from Haiti. Maybe you can That's Google and wow. learn how to turn your phone off wow. during a podcast Ooh. recording. Rude. Wow. <laughs> hey, it's not time for the super fight yet. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Just you wait. Fist fight. Um, but yeah, we have so much in front of us that we could just always be learning. Like even if we just take those 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day and just keep learning more about video or animation or coding or game design or anything like that can add up to tons of professional training each month and we can just keep growing in our roles and grow as designers yeah and i think something that some people don't um kind of understand is that once you're like right out of school a lot of the things that you learn maybe like software wise that's already outdated yeah you know (laughs) Yeah. Every every day, there's something new. There's a new thing that you need to design for, a new format, a new technology, whatever. Um, Adobe CC so 2018 gotta, just came out. <laughs> yeah, so you have, you have to know that you don't know everything. But you, you need to try. And, and if you can learn it, that's why you have friends that know how to do the thing. Well, you got to make an effort at your job too like if the first job that you get out from graduating it's probably it's not gonna probably be your dream job um i only like maybe five percent of people who graduate actually will land that that dream job like right out the bat but gotta put some effort into it you know you can't just like be there for three months and be like oh my god i don't think this is working like you know like i don't feel fulfilled check your lungs though first but you know like you can't you can't just like you need to like you gotta give it a like one to two years to like really like dive in and like really absorb the culture like I can't tell you how many people and students and even like professionals that I know that like they like just jump around and I'm like do you realize how that looks mm-hmm. on your resume that you you know you clearly have commitment issues you yeah. know and it's like you know it's yes find that job that you that you love 
you know, and don't stick with something that is absolutely tearing apart your soul. For yeah, there are special time. circumstances. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. if it's awful, yeah. if you're being like harassed or something, get that, out of there. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't be like, oh, well, Christine said I got to stick with it for like a year. No, 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 get out. But it's, but so many people just give up too fast without even trying like it's oh it's too hard like you know like mm-hmm. suck it up and just you know shile the just do it just, just do, do it, it. <laughs> nice call back yeah thanks so yeah it's just you you gotta stick with it you gotta stick through the grit and everything and just try and and try and bear it and try and learn something from it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day if you're absolutely completely miserable and it's affecting you physically emotionally mentally all of the above then yeah it's probably time to make a change yeah but you're right like just staying positive i think is the Mm -hmm. most important part because when you first start a new job it's scary you have a lot of new stuff thrown at you a lot of new obstacles a lot of new challenges and emotions and all sorts of things. So the best thing to do is just try to keep having a positive outlook and to push through those obstacles and persevere because eventually it could have a great outcome. Nothing worth having is easy. Right. And I would say the number one thing that experience teaches you that school tries to teach you is working with just other humans. Like you're going to have friction with other people. You're going to butt heads. Mm-hmm. You're going to have different opinions. How do you work through that? When do you just go, okay, who cares? Let's just get this project done. And when do you stand up for what you think is right? And and school tries to teach you that by making you do group projects, which you think are silly. And But you up, have to, you got to deal with people. You, you got to deal with all the shit. I'm telling you, biggest thing I've learned from like, working in a big corporate environment like that is just there's other humans and you have to get along with them and creative is subjective so it's some of the toughest um convert like conversations to have and dealing with other humans i mean if it's Mm -hmm. numbers involved in your accountant it's like no these are the numbers and you're like oh yeah of course but like when art is so subjective you can get into situations of oh it's just two different opinions and who you know, who comes out on top on that. And what's always important to remember is there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger project at stake. And, you know, how do you work with other humans to achieve that to the best of everyone's abilities? Right. That's a really good point. People are tough and people are everywhere. <laughs> you know, no, we're always like, going to have to work. I don't with people. even really like people. That's why I don't have any plans of making one. It's <laughs> funny though. <laughs> after... I'm not going to make one because then I'd have to see it. (laughs) After working remotely, though, you kind of start to miss people a little bit. Yeah. How Mm -hmm. is it for you kind of being like you do have coworkers, but they're like computer robots that you talk to. I mean, they're humans, but for all you know, they could be robots. Could be Skynet. Yeah. Do you even know what that is, Jessica? Skynet? Yeah. I'm assuming it's something like Skype or... What? No. I mean, it it is something... I mean, like Skype. What is yeah, Skynet? but I mean, it's like it's a thing that exists, maybe in the sky. <laughs> so it's not like Skype. It's from a movie. It's from Terminator. Oh, I'm deprived of culture. Um, so, <laughs> so tell us what it's like to work with Terminators. Yeah, tell us what it's like to work with Skynet. 
Yes, you have you have like biweekly meetings and stuff. Um, so you're still contacting people. Like I have to reach out to directors frequently. Um, daily, I'm calling different clinics, but it's very different than being face to face. Like I don't have to worry about my face. <laughs> you know, like I don't have to go make sure my makeup is great or anything. Cause but that's kind you know, of that's it's kind of scary though at the same time because like you there's so much that can be missed between emails or texts yeah. or chat or even even on a phone call like you know you can't see you can't really get that person's meaning you don't understand their yeah intentions like so like I'm surprised they don't do more face chat with you like well that's to me future. like face chat is like the same as like a phone call you know, just seeing someone's face doesn't really help at all because you can kind of gauge their emotions through their tone of voice and things like that. We Are will you do just screen share like one person of our not? screens. Sometimes we do conference calls. Um, it completely depends. But I ha- I feel like there's different tiers. You know, like there's email, which is probably the bottom tier. Then there's a phone call, which I feel like you can get a lot more out of. And then there's face to face, which I think is the top tier. That's mm-hmm. the best you can gauge. Um, you know, their emotions, their everything. You can have a conversation. Well, you can draw things out if you need for, to. You build a better relationship with people when you actually see them, see their environment. You get to see their reactions. And sure. You just learn more about them by seeing them. Yeah. You know? I found phone calls, though, to be very effective. Like, phone calls are definitely way better than emails. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can still make a connection through someone with you know, weekly phone calls. Yeah, emails um, are tough. Emails you can't tell. You're no. like, I have to make sure I include smiley faces all over yeah. or people think I'm being a bitch. You know, it's so easy to come across as very rude or cold in an email because you can't tell their tone, right? Unless you start including those emoticons or exclamation points. Like, no, it's, otherwise it's, you seem it's like a robot. That's why I like using Slack and I use the Giphy integration and I try and send like a weird GIF with it. So for listeners, what is what is Giphy? What is this Giphy integration you're talking about? Well, in Slack, you can type slash Giphy and then whatever so you want. You just type slash or... Giphy and it'll do that for you? Yeah. And then Giphy is just a plugin you have to install, like an extension for Slack. You just have to to allow permissions within your Slack settings, but then you can like send GIFs. Cool. Yeah, I'm a huge (laughs) Giphy fan. (laughs) But yeah, we we find that um, that issue too. And something, a little nugget of advice that um, our freelance designer gave me once that I slowly started to realize that he's very correct on is, you know, if you need to talk something out you got to do it face to face when it comes to mm-hmm. a project. Like we have, you know, an online um, task management system like Basecamp. And then we also talk through emails and there's just like a coldness to it. There's, there can be perceived, um, you know, you just don't know how someone's putting something. Yeah, I and could be rolling my eyes at you yeah. over a phone conversation, but and, and sounds sweet as pie. And you right. have no idea. And Which it's kind of nice. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of a benefit to so, phone calls. Yeah. So, so for your for your situation, it's if you're one trying thing. To be shady. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, shady. <laughs> Always. But you guys are amazing. Oh my god, she's rolling her eyes at us. Um, but for working with coworkers, where those relationships are so important. Um, go face to face, talk to them, humanize them. Get I in mean, their face. That, I mean, it, and it's it helps for you too. Like, there's a coldness to online where you stop seeing them as like a human, and they're just an obstacle in your way. 
Whereas if you humanize each other, you talk to each other like people, you can, you know, find a resolution to any kind of conflict you may be having or difference of opinion. Um, and I think that's that's an important advice for anyone that has to work in that kind of coworker environment. Just go stop by and talk to them. You know, if emails aren't getting the job done, go stop by and talk to them. And I mean, that ultimately, that's just a skill you're acquiring. Because mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're going to be in a big corporate company or in a small shop, you always have to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that it, 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 it's across fields, you know, mm-hmm. that you, you have to have these like basic skills. Yeah, because it, and it just it just gets tough. And um, so for Jessica, for for your stuff, I mean, do you feel like you just kind of tell them like this is the way I'm designing it? This is the way it's going to be. And you don't run into these issues where um, stuff gets lost in translation through the internet (laughs) yeah a lot of times what i'll do is like prior to our phone calls is i'll send them a document and a lot of times that document is kind of a visual outline of everything we'll be going over um so like when we open up a new clinic i'll email them a document and then i'll say hey this is what we'll be discussing at our two o'clock call so that way they have that document open and then i have the document in front of me so that way they kind of have a visual Mm -hmm. that kind of just shows them the items that I'm discussing so I feel like that's kind of a better way to do it than having just voices alone because that way they have that outline in front of them they can follow along if they miss anything they have it right there yeah always you're always saying you should always have an agenda for always have an agenda for meeting I mean are those just best practices where did you learn that as like best practice I mean I don't think I've ever sent anybody like a a outline before before like a phone call it's like unless it's like a brainstorming session where you it's you're just like going into some kind of discovery mode Mm -hmm. like meetings suck up so much time so anytime you can just have an agenda an outline like these are the key points a meeting is is mainly just for making a decision all right if that decision can be made over like a quick phone conversation or an email all the better if you have to meet Try to have an agenda, even if you're just like discussing like one main topic. Go ahead and like, well, what are what is the, the who, what, where, when, why, and how of mm-hmm. it? You know, like, what do we need to get it done? What's the deadline? You know, like, what's the objective? To avoid any kind of like tangents. That yeah, are because just be I can't tell you how many meetings I'll be in during the week, even ones that have agendas, and they just like, they just like dovetail into these like things and you're like like some this side's having this conversation and this side of the room's having another conversation and it's like someone's got to bring them back when we have an agenda we can bring everybody back to the topic at hand but when you don't it just goes everywhere yeah i totally agree with having an agenda but sometimes it's also having that facilitator that person can be like okay guys let's bring it back we need to get back on topic yeah you know because otherwise sometimes i've been in meetings at my previous job where we would have a very thorough outline and the whole thing just goes completely off topic our Monday morning meetings were Mm -hmm. Monday morning catch-up hangouts like we all would just disregard the outline and just hang out for two hours sometimes like so that's why it's so key to also have that person that Mm -hmm. you know is a little more time conscious I guess that wants to get things done and move forward otherwise it's so easy to get off track yeah that's why it's different if it's like an exploratory session versus like a meeting and we're here to make 
a decision or we're here to just get very specific information out and then move on with our lives because meetings suck away the life. It kind of reminds me of that conversation we had on a previous podcast about brain writing versus brainstorming. You know, how much more effective it can be to write out your ideas prior and then Mm -hmm. to discuss those instead of spending two hours just everybody, whatever pops in their head, you know, it kind of which I've actually, <laughs> yeah, which I've actually done. I mean, if we're going to have a meeting um, about creative ideas for something that's upcoming, it, it it has helped to do like a little list of, hey, these are the ideas that I've had already. Take a look at them, add to them if you want to, and then y- you tell me yours. That I mean, that speeds it up real quick instead of everyone just shouting nonsense at each other. <laughs> so, and uh, plus those shy ones getting overlooked, you know. Yeah, I mean, everyone really submits their their ideas. We, you look it over as a group. So there was definitely something I took away from from the brainwriting discussion we had that it does help in in specific circumstances, especially for creative discussions. I believe it. Um, so more on new year, new you, do you have any more Forbes advice for us? Well, I do. Let me pull back open this article. Forbes is failing me right now. Um, well, I do have this other article on 12 powerful ways to grow in your career. Do so is me being more powerful. It's teaching me like workout techniques. So I get really strong. Exactly. Great. This is how you grow. Great. Grow big. All the muscles. Step one, steroids. (laughs) Step two, protein. Um, But it's pretty interesting. A lot of it is saying that um, things that you should do is just like travel smarter. So, you know, just kind of to keep working wherever you're at. So if you are doing a commute, maybe taking the train to work or anything just to keep working do that through that train ride or even on your weekends on my commute yeah that's work on this, your weekends this is basically telling you to work that's, yeah i will fight this article right now that's you tell me who wrote you, this article i will go to so, their house and i will kick their the ass article because i am not giving up my commute time and my weekends to continue working <laughs> okay you'll, so you'll become powerful oh, be, okay by what superpower? i should have i should have read the um the rest of this headline is how to use your personal time to get better at what you do. I'll kill everyone. Personal nope. time. I mean, I'm a big believer in a little PDT, which is personal development time. Um, but I think that you should take, even if it's just 15 minutes, like 15 to 30 minutes out of your your work day, your actual eight or nine hour or mm-hmm. however long your work day is and just like set aside time and whether you're just like, like reading a book that's supposed to kind of just like help develop you further or you listen to a podcast or you know something like that like you're just taking that just a little time every single day to just develop yourself further it may benefit the company you're working for it may not um that's not at the end of the day it's not that's not what it's about um, but good leaders will always work in a little personal development time. Mm-hmm. So your commute to work could be a good time for that. Like listening to, listen to, a to the four horsemen podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just find so, like a design podcast. And I understand with what you're saying there, Taylor, like who the hell wants to give four up their girls, weekend? One podcast. Just, oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> just to, to just work more, you know, Trying to maintain that work-life balance is, is super important. You know, you've got some people who will just work, 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 um, like Rihanna. Um, God, Rihanna, and- you work so hard. 
Um, what? And shout out to you, Rihanna. Never mind. Oh, the song. <laughs> wow. Work, 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 work. Okay. Whoever's oh, keeping tally oh of God. references Jessica gets, that's one. <laughs> but it took a you while, know, but <laughs> it's you know, you'll you'll see people they just all they want all they do is just work all the time, and you're just like, no, like you have to have your own time you have to have work-life balance you will burn out if you mm-hmm. spend every weekend working that doesn't mean that when it's necessary that okay maybe i do need to do a little work this yeah. weekend or a little personal development time over the weekend um but you just can't do it every weekend you gotta you gotta and, just pace yourself but yeah. if you the thing is is if you do want to get ahead and you do want to move up in your career you do have to do more than just the bare minimum oh and absolutely. that might mean working later hours or working a few weekends in order to get there but hopefully that doesn't stay like that and once you get to that next level you have to then maintain that kind of weird ass schedule like that's not healthy either so it's just it's about finding that balance Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting uh, point. How do you take yourself to the next level? I mean, you're at wherever you are in your career. You're the listeners out there. You're at where you are in your career. How do you get to level up? How do you get the magic, the mushroom and and reach (laughs) Big Mario? Well, Um, it all depends (laughs) on the person, too. Not everybody is meant to be a leader um people who want to be leaders some of them probably shouldn't be leaders um but you know some people are just fine like being the workers and that's cool we need you we Mm -hmm. still need you know you know you don't have if you don't want to be a leader if you don't want to be in an admin position don't like that's fine um you know but every step that you take up in your career is going to come with more and more responsibility so you have to kind of figure out where that line in the sand is for you at what at what point do you want to be really responsible for stuff or be responsible for other people you know not everybody wants that but if you do you need to be ambitious you need to step up your game um you need to go to seminars you need to go to conferences like creative south april 12th through 15th 2018 Um, how much are they paying you for this (laughs) (laughs) nothing um you you know you need to get your learn on you need to expose yourself or aiga right reina (laughs) yeah join you need join organizations you need to Take, you know, take a leadership role within uh, AIGA or some other design Mm -hmm. or creative organization. Or it doesn't even if you're a non-creative listening to this, any organization like, if you know, take on a leadership role, take some responsibility for something, Um, volunteer, whatever you got to do to kind of set yourself apart. Sure. This also really kind of ties into what we were talking about initially about how do you know when it's time to jump ship? Right. Sometimes you reached a point in your career where there's just no room for growth, right? The company's not growing. Your boss basically would have to die to <laughs> for you to be I able mean, to move up. Well, People die. Was some, yeah, that honestly was kind of one of the reasons that I had to leave the magazine. Not because my my boss wasn't going to die or something like that. It's not how, it's not what I meant. It's a weird well. segue there. <laughs> no, but like, you know, just with the way that the, the parent company was moving and not the magazine itself. I love my magazine family. They're amazing. But the parent company, I'm sorry, was garbage. But 
the the direction that the parent of the company was moving, the snail's pace at which they were moving at, and the policies they were now implementing that were basically going to nickel and dime me a senior level admin position. I was like, no. Yeah. I was like, I, I clearly don't, I, I clearly can't really grow here, you know, salary wise or even really position wise. And the position wise wasn't so much a, a tight, like a, a problem for me when I was there. Um, I mean, I was art director. I mean, there there really weren't like there weren't like a million titles under us, so there really wasn't anywhere to go title wise. But I was fine with that. But the problem was I wasn't going to be growing salary wise. There wasn't really going to be much in terms of additional responsibility. And at the end of the day, the parent company honestly doesn't care about its employees. The decisions that they were making were not things that were going to affect the employees in a good way. And seeing the difference between how they operated and treated the employees versus how a company like Tupperware does, who freaking loves their employees mm-hmm. and tells us every day how much they appreciate all the work we're doing. They throw celebrations for us. I mean, they, wow. they give us stuff. There's raffles all the time. They're constantly telling us, like, we can't do this without you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they do what they can to make our quality of life good. You know, they're right. constantly telling us, like, you have to have work-life balance. And sometimes like, companies lie. Yeah. So I'm a little bit bitter here, but like on my last job, I was told that, you know, I reached my pay cap. Then I tell them I'm leaving and they're like, oh, we could pay you more. It's yeah. Like, See, that's the kind of stuff. It's like you have, you have to invest in your employees. You have yeah. to you have to inspire some loyalty there and you have to take care of them. It's honestly, it should be employees first and customers second. You know, there, there are plenty of success stories out there of companies who take care of their people first. Mm -hmm. And then the people they want to put in the hours, they want to be there. They genuinely care and love the company and what they do. Um, And that makes a a big difference and so if you're if you're working for a company that clearly doesn't value and you value you and you don't have anywhere to go and you've talked to everyone you can I mean don't sit there and freaking just wait for someone to be like hey here's you know uh promotion like here's it's not you know, gonna here happen you, go. you can make it happen yeah it like doesn't. I can't tell you people yeah. just like sit there and they expect this shit to be given to them and I'm like no, just because you've been here like 10 years doesn't mean I'm just going to put a promotion into your right. lap. If you're not showing any ambition that you wanted, if you haven't straight up come to me and been like, "Where? what is my next step? Where can I go? What can I do? How can I get a pay raise? How can I get more responsibilities? I'd like to, or just come up with, I'd like to take on X, X, and X. Like, it's not, no one's just going to hand it to you mm-hmm. like a gift. You need to work hard and earn it. But the bottom line is that if those opportunities aren't there, if you have asked for these opportunities to step up or for mm-hmm. more responsibility and they don't have it and you're really just kind of frustrated because you you know you can do so much more, then that's a good indication that it is time to move on. So there are mm-hmm. thresholds you can hit within your company. Mm-hmm. And as much as you might like where you are, if you're at a threshold, you have that decision to make of like, yeah. am I cool with stopping here in my career? And and this is it was a hard decision yeah. leaving the magazine. Right. I was willing to put in like I was there for five years. So I was willing to put in like another like five or six years easily. Right. You know, but it's just I I just kind of reached this point where it's just like I you know I have a, a much better and a much bigger opportunity presented to me. Mm-hmm. 
And I just, I'm at this point in my career where I need to take that. Right. You know? And did you search out other opportunities or was no. Tupperware something like they approached you? They and approached me. So sometimes there was one other, like I think AAA approached me okay. as well. So sometimes that can't happen yeah. where it's, you know, you get approached and this, this new path kind of opens up for you and then you do have those tough yeah. decisions But don't to make. sit around and wait for someone to approach you or wait right. for that path to just open up. Like I'll be, I'll, I'll admit firsthand that I've been very lucky in my career and how I've gotten my jobs and a lot of it's just been through connections you know connections with people um and so that's why it's just really important like get out there start working i really don't think that you should freelance full-time once you graduate like i think you need to get out there and really try and you know dive right in figure out how the hell you're supposed to work with people um you know but the nice thing is like okay if you don't get a job right away you can still freelance like you still have the design skills you don't have to work for the man in order to make money yeah so you know so be freelancing while you're job searching there's nothing stopping you from will, doing that but i will tell you as a as when i'm looking for someone to hire like i have an intern to hire right now if you put freelance on your resume i don't know how to take that freelance could be anything without seeing proof of your work but if you tell me you worked for a company no matter what it is big or small then i do know that you have that working with people experience it it means a little bit more to me when i'm looking at these resumes because i don't i don't know what to do with just freelance i don't know what that is mean they did a logo for their mom yeah (laughs) or maybe they worked for a big company and so freelance is important because it can help you grow your skills but i I would put out there that it's just as important to get out there work with people work in a company because it can be jarring to get into a a company setting and especially a fast-paced one like ours and just have stuff start coming at you and people start coming at you and dealing with that and if that's your you know getting into a fast-paced one like mine is your very first like come out of college thrown into it I get worried about you know these kids getting burnt out real quick so that's something I'm looking for too is do you have that one stepping stone right before us that would kind of set some kind of cushion for you because I don't want you to die. To make sure that they can <laughs> handle it. Yeah. Taylor does not want you to die. I don't want you to die. Marina, I'm kind of curious about like your path too because you, you know, I know you've had like a few jobs here and there, but you decided to continue your education. Yeah. You know, which, you know, I mean, some people do, some people don't, but what was the deciding factor really between, oh, I'm just going to go out and start working? Because mm-hmm. where did you work once you graduated the first time, like Valencia? Um, the first Weren't job you at night? I got, yeah, right. I actually, um, when I was studying design, I got uh, from recommended from one of my professors um, to just come in for an internship. Um, I still had like maybe like two semesters to go two or three semesters to go before graduating. Um, and they hired me as an intern and I kept interning until I graduated. And then right after they hired me. Mm-hmm. Um, so effectively, I think I worked for them like two and a half years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something that... What was your trigger? It, <laughs> how did, you, how did trigger. you know it was time to leave and, yeah, and move on I, to the next well, thing? Well, I think like I have like a really like different path from other people because um, a lot of my decisions have been influenced by 
my my status as an immigrant so it's always what um what's the next thing that is going to allow me to remain here um and because since i was little i always knew i i love school um and i realized that i do like i love being in an academic environment so i knew i was going to be going to like higher education and like continuing education uh so you knew what your been, passion was and you pursued yeah, it you know um not everyone's that lucky so it's good that you knew that so yeah so like i knew that so i did um I lost my train of thought, sorry. Um, <laughs> Higher education. Yeah, so after um, I was working there, um, I really enjoyed, I, I love the people that I was working with and all of that. But I, I mean, controversial enough, I didn't love graphic design. Um, <gasps> I know. But that's so Secrets weird. revealed. But <laughs> exposed. Um, Raining, get off our podcast. More in the sense of, I started figuring out that it wasn't my thing. Like, I can do it, and I, I do enjoy doing it, but it wasn't my passion. And that's when I discovered illustration. And then I knew, like, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after going for school with that, I something kind of like going back to what we were talking earlier, illustration, it's a very isolating um career so i think it's funny like the way that i see kind of interacting with people like i see it as a skill that i need to have and it's something that it's almost like a break from the work that you're doing because you're like probably at your house working off your couch you need to like push yourself to be out there to meet people to be able to talk to people to be able to understand these kind of like corporate relationships because you don't have that when you're working by yourself so it takes a little bit of extra effort for you that other people don't have to put in it's like i have to force myself to go find people to interact with yeah Yeah. so it's almost like okay maybe you take it as a break to just like isolate yourself to meet sometimes is the opposite that i need to go out and meet people Mm -hmm. and be involved with aiga Mm -hmm. and things like that so you kind of have to find things to supplement uh, working well, you with people one on one, right? So yeah. you illustrate, but then you do side projects mm-hmm. where I don't know, maybe you hang out with three other designers and you just like talk about design stuff in front of microphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think yeah, that's that's how I see it. That my career path has been very peculiar. Maybe it's the word different. Um, that I've been lucky enough to touch different parts within the creative industry um and i think that's that's been kind of what has driven me or like driven my my career is that i'm curious about how like other things work so i'm always like hey maybe i'm gonna explore some video maybe i'm gonna explore um this kind of illustration versus this other kind i think it's important to um realize that there is no exact path in a career there's not like step one there's no formula there's no formula exactly there's no like you know anyone listening that's wondering how do i how do i build a career how do i put together this perfect career that's going to land me a a creative director job or land me a a vp job 
there's no formula. You there's mean all no those get rich fast posts aren't real. Like yeah. those aren't legit. There's no like click here to find five ways that you can be a VP <laughs> yeah. in two well, years. Well, you need to understand too that the the higher you go up the totem pole from an administrative side of things, like you know, going from graphic designer to junior designer to senior to art director to whatever to creative director, the the higher you go up, the the less designing you're actually going to be doing. Oh yeah, you, so and true. you you need to be okay with that. You need to come to terms with that. And if that sounds fine with you, it doesn't. You know, that's cool. It doesn't mean that there's not still opportunities to be mm-hmm. creative and to push the creativity in others and that's really kind of what it comes down to is is that's your your job is you need to be inspiring people and you're gonna have a ton of administrative tasks like you know filing away invoices and processing those and getting people paid and dealing with all the bs that might come up and you know you have to be as my boss sometimes calls it the pit bull um and you need to kind of go to battle for your team so um Again, you know, it just depends on is that is right that you. what you want? And that's what kind of yeah. made me nervous is is my creative director left um, and we were about to get into a big transition time. And that kind of left me not by myself, also with my team to kind of fill his shoes. And something that I struggled with when people kept looking at me like, are you going to take his job? <laughs> Which I was like, I don't want his job. I want my job. Like, I want to be in the thick of it designing these pieces i don't want to be like you're saying doing um you know the high level stuff of dealing with your you know i i do try to try to lead my team when they need it but i also like you know being a cog in the machine that builds the whole thing so um that's something that like i struggle with it well i want to be i want to be making the stuff i don't want to give up like that side of it just yet and I feel like you do have to do those personal assessments of like what do you feel right now is what you want to do for your career do you want to be the big picture person that's that's leading this team and making the high level creative decisions or do you want to be building it with your hands and putting it together um and so that that's something that I have to think about like right now yeah it's it's really interesting how design careers can really branch out like how you can start doing so many other things from it like with graphic design you could do illustration right or you know i'm doing more marketing now or video production or web design our our friend that we're talking to yesterday he's a ux designer now you know it can branch off into so many different directions and i think it kind of goes back to what we were discussing before about Finding those bright spots, finding what it is that energizes you, what do you enjoy, and then just pushing yourself towards that goal to being able to do that. At the end of the day, you need to pursue your passions. Mm -hmm. That's really what Mm -hmm. it comes down to. And if you're not, you need to figure out, well, what do I need to do in order to do that? You just need to go out and do it. (laughs) And I think also to that, yes, pursue your passion, but I think you also need to allow yourself, like, know that those might change and so be true. open to yes. that change because again i yeah. started school thinking i'm gonna be a graphic designer now i'm not you know um i think a lot of people early on they're married to this idea that don't put yourself in a box yeah like yep. i want to be a gig poster designer <laughs> 
and like that's awesome i wish i could design a poster every day of my life but you need to be realistic and know that that things are going to change like that's the only constant i find yeah is that and yeah that happens 24 7 i mean that's what i was trying to, uh, that's what i was saying like in three years at one job i've experienced so much this shift and change in either my role or what's going on around me that you just can't prepare for it you have to adapt you have and to you, adapt you have to roll with it and you have to keep improving yourself so when these changes come you're ready for them you know i and you, just like you jessica we're both starting to work with like after effects and mm-hmm. how do you how do you create motion graphics because there's um there's a need for that and there's not really a person to fill that spot in my team right now so i'm gonna make that my role i'm gonna learn it and and learn how to do it and pass it on to to the rest Mm -hmm. of my team because that helps us adapt better and that helps us roll with the times because if we all just have static graphics no one's looking at our freaking stuff anymore so um i think you know change is constant be able to adapt be able to adjust um and And part of that is continuing to push yourself and learning new skills and keeping up with the times. Mm -hmm. Something else I wanted to ask you guys about is um, this kind of goes into transitioning into the new job. Um, So I mentioned I just started a new job very recently with the remote life. And something I'm struggling with is finding routine. (laughs) So I was just wondering, like, how exactly do you guys go about that when you start a new job? How do you kind of establish a routine for yourself well i mean don't expect to establish it like right off the bat i mean if you already hopefully have some good practices in place in terms of how you manage your time you know try to implement that but the big thing is you need to learn and uh, learn and adjust to the company rhythm um each company's rhythm is going to be a little bit different so um it can take a little while to find that rhythm. It might take several months. It might take six months. It might take a whole damn year. Um, but the idea is to be kind of, you know, growing along with it. And you might have to right, implement a process and then make some changes. Um, the big thing is just add some structure to your day. You know, say, I'm going to get up at this time. And then try to, like, block off your day, you know, Um they're uh, just doing a little little Googling on how to manage your time at work um, can reveal some really great tips, but some stuff like, for instance, schedule, if you need to uh, schedule blocks of time through like just short little blocks throughout the time, uh, throughout the day to check your email, for instance, you know, if you are someone who easily gets distracted, like me, um, you know, you might need to just check your email at just certain points during the day instead of like, oh, little thing comes up and let me check that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to get distracted by all the myriad of notifications that we get on our devices. Um, so, you know, if you need to, turn turn the phone off. You know, schedule some deep work time. Like, actually, like, put it into your calendar to have several hours of just deep work. No meetings, Close your office Block door. Block out that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, go to a quiet place if you're worried about other people coming by in terms of distractions um, and just, you know, work. Um, so just basically just create a schedule. That's the easiest thing, I think, to add structure to your day. And then stick with it. 
That's the other thing. Especially if you're you know, either a freelancer or you're remote, you got to be strict with yourself. Like there is no punch mm-hmm. in clock. Right. There is no, um, you know, sure. coworkers or, or overlookers. Yeah. So you have to be strict with yourself. And that's something you probably have to learn. Because Jessica said she was, you know, starting to struggle with it from her first couple of days of having to do that. And it's kind of like a new skill to learn for you. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, you know, yes, you want to create a schedule and you want to, you know, stick to that as much. But don't get down on yourself. Don't berate yourself if you don't stick to it 100 percent. One of the nice things of being able to work remotely is it does give you that flexibility that if you need to go out and get the grocery shopping done, that's fine. As long as you're able to make up for the time, like, you know, you're going to be gone for like an hour, hour and a half or whatever, you know, as long as you kind of work that in, like, okay, maybe that day I'm going to work until 6.30 or something like that. So it's just, you know, don't, you know, don't set yourself up for failure, you know, but, you know, try to just schedule things out and just if you're working remote, like, yeah, if you need to take care of stuff, go ahead you have that flexibility kind of goes back into that like adaption like we were talking about this is your new challenge to adapt to yep (laughs) yeah you know like with our um we have new contractors that came in and um you know we made them go through the first 30 days working the the five days a week and it wasn't until they hit their 30 day point we're like okay now you guys can work remote one day a week just can't be the same day blah 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 blah. um and that's it's optional they don't have to um i think one of them was gonna work remote every other week um but it's really up to them and they they have that option but i wanted them to experience at least 30 days first of like this is what the rhythm of tupperware right they learn the culture you know look at what the demands are look at how things come in through trello through slack through email Mm -hmm. you know look the types of meetings that you're gonna have try and kind of figure out what that rhythm is like and what does it all sound like um and then you can work this remoteness into your schedule if you want remote working remote is not for everybody but i'm a i'm a big fan of it i'm trying to work remote more and more (laughs) yeah i'm definitely seeing the benefits of it like you do get that flexibility but you do have to be really disciplined like just like everything you guys are saying i think is Mm -hmm. so valid well and i think that's i think it's good just that you decided to um rent out of collab and go to a co-working space knowing that you didn't have that discipline you know i think that's the first step is recognizing whether or not you are a disciplined enough person to be able to do that right and if you know you're gonna be distracted at home um by the cats or the tv or if there's anyone else living with you um then it's good like that you have an actual working space so that you true. can go to. And you basically, this is your office. Like you, it's no different than if you were getting up and going to like your your real office workspace. You're supposed to be there at nine. You know, just this now, you don't have anyone to yell at you if you're like 30 minutes <laughs> late or yeah. something like that. But it's it's good. You, you need to kind of set that, that yeah. schedule for yourself. And then maybe in time, you won't need to. You might be able to leave collab or only be collab you know part-time or something like once you've kind of found that rhythm with this new company right because yeah like once I'm in my office I am so productive I'm in that work mindset everything is great at home I can't get in it's very difficult to get in that mindset like you know I have dogs jumping on me the maintenance guy (laughs) just arrived you know one thing after the other 
And See, I'm like opposite. Like I, I like working remotely. I'm able to like get more deep work done because I don't have people passing by my office every five minutes. And then I get distracted because I start chatting with somebody. And then, you know, it's you've got a home office, too, which is very nice. Yeah. I mean, I've got this, I've, you know, I've got a separate space set aside, you know, that I can work in. I mean, it's a little bit hard to work when your cat comes and like lays <laughs> on your arms while you're trying to type stuff. It's very hard to design with cats on your hands. But um, <laughs> cats for hands. Um, they think they're helping, but they're not. They're not trying to help. Not really. Cats are never trying to help. No, monkey is a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's That's my dream. <laughs> just have cats on my hands. Cats for yeah. hands. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, as long as you can just minimize your distractions. It's so you know. true. And speaking of cats for hands, <laughs> this might be the perfect time to transition into our super fight. Oh, super <laughs> fight. That you cats for hands is totally an option. I hope it is. If Are there it's like not, write-in carts? Yeah. Call your somewhere off. there probably is. Okay, so super fight will be me versus Reyna. Reyna versus Reyna. Okay, nice. so we so all, we have our carts and we will build your fighter. Build our fighter. And you will be given a random. Oh right, I forgot about black the black card one. that Jessica will give. All right, so Reyna, tell us who your fighter is. Okay, my fighter is the Navy. Wow, the whole Navy. That's not, I mean, could it be just the U.S. Navy? It could be all of the navies. I mean, do you want anyone else? It could be Old know. Navy. I think it could be Old Navy. It could be the color Navy. They have great, like, skinny <laughs> <Old> jeans. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the Navy. So the Navy as an entity, it is piloting an attack drone. <laughs> the whole Navy has whole one Navy. attack drone. <laughs> they only you know? have budget cuts. They got one. He's the nano Navy, okay? Um, and it is armed with an infinite sausage lasso. The Navy Ooh. is armed or yes. the drone is armed? You know, I would I guess that's a that. toss up. We'll let you, yeah. we'll let you sort you, that You decide one out. how to use your sausage. Mm. Infinite <laughs> sausage? What? Sausage lasso. A like sausage Wonder lasso. Woman lasso. But it's made of sausage. But it's made out of sausage. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. And Taylor, who's your fighter? <clears throat> I am Jason. The bottom half of him is a grizzly bear. And he's having a really good hair day. That was the other card. But just his like bottom hair. He's having a good hair day. <laughs> Jason from the horror movie. Right. So uh Jason Voorhees. Uh, yes. Yeah, Voorhees? Yes. From Chainsaw Massacre. But he's half bear. It's not from Chainsaw no, Massacre. From Friday the thirteenth. Yes. So I hope you guys nod. I hope you guys know the whole mythology of the Friday the Thirteenth because he develops over the course of them. I mean, he goes to outer space. Yes, he does. <laughs> he goes yeah. to and hell I, and I several you, times. I think. So what's I'm the using, other? What's sorry? You, he's half grizzly bear. Oh, he's half grizzly bear. So this card said bottom half is blank. Oh, I picked grizzly bear. So wait, he's his half bottom grizzly, half is grizzly bear. Half, top he, half is human. Yeah, he got a grizzly bear peen. That's correct. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Huh, it could be bottom, a female bottom half. You don't know that. Oh. Wait, but Jason's a guy, right? Either so way. A, but I'm just saying. Either way. He got a fluffy butt. Does um, it matter? Yeah. So, <laughs> who goes first? Sausage versus sausage. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So Raina versus sausage. All right. So, <laughs> in order to decide which one of you gets to choose whether to fight first or um, defer, which one of you pooped last? Oh. Uh, Yesterday. 
Taylor. This is so awkward. <laughs> I, I think it's also yesterday. So what do we do then? Oh, All right, do you what time poop yesterday? Off. I have oh. no idea. Was it yesterday evening, afternoon, evening. morning? Yesterday evening. Oh, this is so uncomfortable. It wasn't yesterday <laughs> evening, so I guess that means Raina. I'm cringing. So I go first, yeah. or I choose. You choose. You pooped. You were the most recent pooper. Yes. So you choose. So you get to choose. Do you want to fight or do you want to let her go oh, first? Oh, I want Taylor to go first. All right. All right. Okay. So let me lay out some more. Let me. Yeah. I gotta eat some fiber. fiber. A picture, fiber. please. Um, <laughs> let me lay out for you some of the mythology of Jason. <laughs> he is immortal. They have tried to kill him numerous times. We've gotten to like Jason 10. He went to outer space. While he was in outer space, he got fused with like what nanobots or something and became like Super Jason. Immortal nanobot Super Jason (laughs) that can take down literally anyone. Everyone has tried to fight him. Government entities have tried to fight him. Nobody (laughs) wins. So and... He's got some grizzly bear claws too now, so that's just added. So he's got his machete, he's got his dope ass mask, and he's got some grizzly bear claws. And he just murders for no reason. There's no vengeance in some of these. He just murders to murder. So at some point on his murderous rampage, he'll get to the Navy and he'll just start murdering them too. And you know what? He's having a really good hair day. So he feels great about himself. He doesn't, he doesn't have any hair. He's confident. His bottom half does. He's <laughs> through the roof. So, I mean, you can try to throw sausage lassos at him. You can try attack drones. As far as we've seen, that guy can go to hell. That guy can go to outer space. Doesn't matter. Going to, at some point, reanimate or come back or not die and attack you with his Jason freakish strength. And take down a whole navy. I don't think anything could really take him down permanently. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I accept that. Um, but this is a plan of attack mm-hmm. from the navy. That's right. Um, old we navy. have the, <laughs> the old navy. Is that their song? I don't know. It is now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have two things going for me. The navy is almost irrelevant. But I, we, are, we are piloting an attack drone. Mm-hmm. So we have the advantage of being above, being in the air. Mm-hmm. And while we're being in the air with um, our attack drone, we are armed with an infinite sausage lasso. True. So the plan is that we're going to surround Jason over and over and over again with this sausage lasso until he is in this meat prison that he has to machete his way out of but remember it's an infinite sausage lasso so the drone is just gonna keep doing it and doing it and doing it like going around him until you know at some point he's gonna rest and that's cool he can eat the sausage Mm -hmm. keep Mm -hmm. healthy Mm -hmm. that's fine but it's an (laughs) infinite lasso so he's always going to be trapped in this meat cage I don't think of sausages. I'm, I'm not seeing that slow him down. I think you might it might you might start getting attacked by a meat cage with a machete. There's somehow him and his nanobots are gonna find a way to infuse with this meat. And now you got meat Jason. <laughs> you know what? Now you got a big grizzly bear meat Jason that will take you down because 
nothing can stop him. He is an unstoppable force of murder, and he does it for fun. That's something <laughs> you got to understand. Unstoppable force of murder. Not, <laughs> you got to take into account that he's just doing this for kicks. He just wants to murder. So you and your meat, or your attack drones, or your whole navy know. is not stopping him because he loves murder. It's his life's passion, and he's dedicated his career to it. True, true. And I think we need to support his decisions. Raina, yeah. final counter argument? Well, um, meat sweats. <laughs> I think wow. he's going to eat so much meat. He's going to start sweating so much. He's going to be disgusted with himself because the sweat is going to ruin his good hair day. Wow. And his confidence is just going to go down. Mm-hmm. And like once he doesn't have that confidence, what's the point? <laughs> this is so sad. Wow. All right. All right. We're so we with meat sweats. Yeah. thoughts. Man, this was tough because... I really don't know much about the uh, character Jason. This ki- so you every said time he, with you, this. You said he absorbed. Is that like one of his characteristics? Like he can absorb all his stuff to become it? Like In what? Jason, the one he goes to space, I think it's Jason 10 or Jason X. He gets fused with like nanobites that help rebuild him. So he like becomes part of things. So he would still be stuck in her infinite meat lasso. But he's meat He's going to eat himself. Me, Jason. You he doesn't eat, himself. eat. And she ruined your bad hair day. So I've got to. You made a very good argument, but I've got to give this one to Raina. All right. Thank you. So I think there are valid arguments on both sides. But I feel like Raina severely underutilized her mm-hmm. Navy. Like she's got the entire Navy. And all you really did was lasso him. There wasn't really any action after that. Like, what are you going to do to him after you've meat lassoed him? Um, and that's what I was waiting for. And because there just so wasn't deep. any follow up to yeah. that, I feel like I got to just I have to just assume that one guy can take down the entire Navy drone or lasso otherwise. So it looks like we're at a draw here. Interesting. So we'll have to let the listeners decide who you thought won the entire Navy with a drone and endless meat lasso. Sausage mm-hmm. lasso. Sausage lasso. Specifically sausage. Yo, yeah. I, would, I would imagine oh, yeah. like, or I don't know, like a nice like spicy Italian mm, sausage. Chorizo maybe. Ooh, chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> or half grizzly Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Who's having a good hair day. Who's having a quite excellent hair day. The choice is yours, listeners. Choose well. Um, on top of that, just keep listening to Four Horsemen podcasts. Um, if you ever have any questions or comments for us, ideas, ideas, feel free to, to be send on them the to show. Us. Do you have questions we want to answer? <laughs> do you? Do you? Um, yeah. Do you want to be on the do show? You have answers we want to question. Exactly. Whatever Ooh. it might be. <laughs> Jessica, What's you your there. favorite kind of horse? No. <laughs> no. Um, feel free to to contact us on our sh- social media platforms. Um, keep your eyes out for new episodes. Feel free to listen to the past catalog. You can find us on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes and wherever podcasts are sold. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.